Letters sixteen and seventeen of the Sylph. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recorded by Celine Major. The Sylph by Georgiana Cavendish, Duchess of Devonshire. Letter sixteen. To Miss Grenville. Enough, my dearest sister enough have you suffered through your unremitted tenderness to your julia yet believe her while she vows to the dear bosom of friendship no action of hers shall call a blush on your cheek good god what a wretch should i be if i could abuse such sisterly love if after such friendly admonitions enforced with so much moving eloquence your julia should degenerate from her birth and forget those lessons of virtue early inculcated by the best of fathers if after all these she should suffer herself to be immersed in the vortex of folly and vice what would she not deserve oh rest assured my dearest dear louisa be satisfied your sister cannot be so vile remember the same blood flows through our veins one parent stock we sprang from nurtured by one hand listening at the same time to the same voice of reason learning the same pious lesson why then these apprehensions of my degeneracy trust me louisa i will not deceive you and god grant i may never deceive myself the wisest of men has said the heart of man is deceitful above all things i however will strictly examine mine i will search into it narrowly at present the search is not painful i have nothing to reproach myself with i have i hope discharged my filial and fraternal duties my matrimonial ones are inviolate i have studied the temper of sir william in hopes i should discover a rule for my actions but how can i form a system from one so variable as he is would to heaven he was more uniform or that he would suffer himself to be guided by his own understanding and not by the whim or caprice of others so much inferior to himself all this i have repeated frequently to you together with my wish to leave london and the objects with which i am daily surrounded does such a wish look as if i was improperly attached to the world or any particular person in it you are too severe my love but when i reflect that your rigidity proceeds from your unrivalled attachment i kiss the rod of my chastisement i long to fold my dear lecturer in my arms and convince her that one whose heart is filled with the affection that glows in mine can find no room for any sentiment incompatible with virtue of which she is the express image adieu julia stanley letter seventeen to miss grenville if thy julia falls my beloved sister how great will be her condemnation with such supports and i hope i may add with an inward rectitude of mind i think she can never deviate from the right path you see my louisa that not you alone are interested in my well-doing i have a secret nay i may say celestial friend and monitor a friend it certainly is though unknown all who give good counsel must be my true and sincere friends from whom i have received it i know not but it shall be my study to merit the favour of this earthly or heavenly conductor through the intricate mazes of life i will no longer keep you in ignorance of my meaning but without delay will copy for you a letter i received this morning the original i have too much veneration for to part with even to you who are dearer to me than almost all the world beside the letter 
i cannot help anticipating the surprise your ladyship will be under from receiving a letter from an unknown hand nor will the signature contribute to develop the cloud behind which i choose to conceal myself my motives i hope will extenuate the boldness of my task and i rely likewise on the amiable qualities you so eminently possess to pardon the temerity of any one who shall presume to criticise the conduct of one of the most lovely of god's works i feel for you as a man a friend or to sum up all a guardian angel i see you on the brink of a steep precipice i shudder at the danger which you are not sensible of you will wonder at my motive and the interest i take in your concerns it is from my knowledge of the goodness of your heart were you less amiable than you are you would be below my solicitude i might be charmed with you as a woman but i should not venerate you nay should possibly enchanted as every one must be with your personal attractions join with those who seek to seduce you to their own purposes the sentiments i profess for you are such as a tender father would feel such as your own excellent father cherishes but they are accompanied by a warmth which can only be equalled by their purity such sentiments shall i ever experience while you continue to deserve them and every service in my power shall be exerted in your favour i have long wished for an opportunity of expressing to you the tender care i take in your conduct through life i now so sensibly feel the necessity of apprising you of the dangers which surround you that i waive all forms and thus abruptly introduce myself to your acquaintance unknown indeed to you but knowing you well reading your thoughts and seeing the secret motives of all your actions yes julia i have watched you through life nay start not i have never seen any action of yours but what had virtue for its guide but to remain pure and uncontaminated in this vortex of vice requires the utmost strength and exertion of virtue to avoid vice it is necessary to know its colour and complexion and in this age how many various shapes it assumes my task shall be to point them out to you to show you the traps the snares and pitfalls which the unwary too frequently sink into to lead you by the hand through those intricate paths beset with quicksands and numberless dangers to direct your eyes to such objects as you may with safety contemplate and induce you to shut them for ever against such as may by their dire fascination entice you to evil to conduct you to those endless joys hereafter which are to be the reward of the virtuous and to have myself the ineffable delight of partaking them with you where no rival shall interrupt my felicity i am a rosicrucian by principle i need hardly tell you they are a sect of philosophers who by a life of virtue and self-denial have obtained an heavenly intercourse with aerial beings as my internal knowledge of you to use the expression is in consequence of my connection with the sylphiad tribe i have assumed the title of my familiar counsellor this however is but as a preface to what i mean to say to you i have hinted i knew you well when i thus expressed myself it should be understood i spoke in the person of the sylph which i shall occasionally do as it will be writing with more perspicuity in the first instance and as he is employed by me i may without the appearance of robbery safely appropriate to myself the knowledge he gains every human being has a guardian angel my skill has discovered yours my power has made him obedient to my will i have a right to avail myself of the intelligences he gains and by him i have learnt everything that has passed since your birth what your future fortune is to be even he cannot tell 
his view is circumscribed to a small point of time he can only tell what will be the consequence of taking this or that step but your free agency prevents his impelling you to act otherwise than as you see fit i move upon a more enlarged sphere he tells me what will happen and as i see the remote as well as immediate consequence i shall from time to time give you my advice advice however when asked is seldom adhered to but when given voluntarily the receiver has no obligation to follow it i shall in a moment discover how this is received by you and your deviation from the rules i shall prescribe will be a hint for me to withdraw my counsel where it is not acceptable all that then will remain for me will be to deplore your too early initiation in a vicious world where to escape unhurt or uncontaminated is next to a miracle i said i should soon discover whether my advice would be taken in the friendly part it is offered i shall perceive it the next time i have the happiness of beholding you and i see you every day i am never one moment absent from you in idea and in my mind's eye i see you each moment only while i conceal myself from you can i be of service to you press not then to discover who i am but be convinced nay i shall take every opportunity to convince you that i am the most sincere and disinterested of your friends i am a friend to your soul my julia and i flatter myself mine is congenial with yours i told you you were surrounded with dangers the greatest perhaps comes from the quarter least suspected and for that very reason because where no harm is expected no guard is kept against such a man as lord biddulph a watchful sentinel is planted at every avenue i caution you not against him there you are secure no temptation lies in that path no precipice lurks beneath those footsteps you never can fall unless your heart takes part with the tempter and i am morally certain a man of lord biddulph's caste can never touch yours and yet it is of him you seem most apprehensive ask yourself is it not because he has the character of a man of intrigue do you not feel within your own breast a repugnance to the assiduities he at all times takes pains to show you without doubt lord biddulph has designs upon you and few men approach you without oh julia it is difficult for the most virtuous to behold you daily and suppress those feelings your charms excite in a breast inured to too frequent indulgence in vicious courses your beauty will be a consuming fire but in a soul whose delight is moral rectitude it will be a cherishing flame that animates not destroys but how few the latter and how are you to distinguish the insidious betrayer from the open violator to you they are equally culpable but only one can be fatal ask your own heart the criterion by which i would have you judge ask your own heart which is entitled to your detestation most the man who boldly attacks you and by his threats plainly tells you he is a robber or the one who under the semblance of imploring your charity deprives you of your most valued property will it admit of a doubt make the application examine yourself and i conjure you examine your acquaintance but be cautious whom you trust never make any of your male visitors the confidant of anything which passes between yourself and husband this can never be done without a manifest breach of modest decorum have i not said enough for the present yet let me add thus much to secure to myself your confidence i wish you to place an unlimited one in me 
continue to do so while i continue to merit it and by this rule you shall judge of my merit the moment you discover that i urge you to anything improper or take advantage of my self-assumed office and insolently prescribe when i should only point out or that i should seem to degrade others in your eyes and particularly your husband believe me to be an impostor and treat me as such disregard my sinister counsel and consign me to that scorn and derision i shall so much deserve but while virtue inspires my pen afford me your attention and may that god whom i attest to prove my truth ever be indulgent to you and for ever and ever protect you so praise yourself who can it be my louisa who takes this friendly interest in my welfare it cannot be lady melford the address bespeaks it to be a man but what man is the question one too who sees me every day it cannot be the baron for he seems to say tannhausen is a more dangerous person than lord biddulph but why do i perplex myself with guessing of what consequence is it who is my friend since i am convinced he is sincere yes thou friendly monitor i will be directed by thee i shall now act with more confidence as myself tells me he will watch over and apprise me of every danger i hope this task will not be a difficult one for though ignorant i am not obstinate on the contrary even sir william whom i do not suspect of flattery allows me to be extremely docile i am my beloved louisa most affectionately yours julia stanley end of letters sixteen and seventeen